So we do a bit and we introduce you and you'll know when that's happened because we'll say your name. And then be sort of, about it. Uh, We've got got to introduce Nikki first. You're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about. Wagon wheel, what to see? What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Coughing during my interview, really? It feels uh, reductive. Hello and welcome to Big Diva Energy, the podcast for and about fabulous people being fucking excellent. My name's Holly Morgan and I'm obsessed with divas. With me, as ever, because isolation is my husband Tom. Competition? Why? Yes, I would love some. Regular listeners, and I don't I don't mean you're basic, I just mean you regularly listen, will attest we are trying to figure out what the word diva means. And today's subject is arguably the ruling diva, nay queen of hip-hop. She is the biggest selling female rapper of all time. She's the first artist to sell 100 million records and has a total of 108 hits on the Billboard Hot 100 to date more than any woman of any genre. She took that crown from Aretha back in 2017. Known the world over as the Queen of Rap, she's the highest ranking woman ever on the complex list of rap kings and has written every single lyric laid on every single record, making her one of the most successful songwriters of all time. We are, of course, discussing none other than the Harajuku Barbie, Roman, Cookie, Lapdance Nika, Martha Zelansky, Nikki Lewinsky, Female Wheezy, Nikki the Ninja, Nikki the Boss, all of the above and more, it's Nikki Boss Bitch Minaj and all the other characters she speaks for. But you're not just going to hear the two of us in isolation fangirling over Nikki. Oh no, because who ever heard of a menage a deux? No, this is a menage a trois. And I'm not talking about the case of Aldi champagne chilling in the fridge. Regular listeners, again, you're not basic, you're loyal. We'll know our guest from their regular feature on Little Diva Energy. They overcame a difficult habit of only wearing slogan t-shirts, which, in their own words, makes photos age very badly and make you look busted. To emerge as the icon we now know and love today, swanning in in their short skirt and sexy see-through blouse to fanny around as brand and editorial manager for Netflix UK and Ireland. They've been keeping you stocked up with some sweet, sweet content throughout the Panny Day. So please, show your appreciation for the one, the only, Rich Hawkins. Hiya. Hiya. How you doing? urban contingent of your friendship group (laughs) coming in to talk about (laughs) hip-hop. Look who we've drafted in. (laughs) Let's pop some pictures on the Insta. (laughs) In her own words, looking like a ghost. (laughs) Very much the ghost at the feast. How you doing, babe? I am doing, you know, absolutely fine. She fine, is thriving. Fine. <laughs> Just fine. It's all fine. Yeah. And what a coincidence. Chris is also in the house. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. I am married to Chris off of Chris's coincidence. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. Look at this. You what know, a coincidence. What a coincidence. These segments aren't random. No. No. So it's all- it's all a plan, isn't it? Put together by Cher, probably. Probably. It was all part of her plan. <laughs> I'd love that if, if Cher was responsible for fate. You know, <laughs> the concept of. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've read Cher's um, in a monologue via her Twitter and I would be worried if she was in charge of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like Cher's life story would, would not suggest there was much of a plan. No. <laughs> A lot of bad choices, a lot of bad decisions. V much winging it. Also, if you go by the plot of burlesque, everything is 
accidents as well. Oh, don't make me sing. I don't want to. Like, she just does things for they're suggested to her. My club's closing. Uh, we've digressed already. Because oh. oh. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Nicki Minaj. What does she mean Yay. to you? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your relationship with Nicki Minaj. So... Looks can be deceiving because I actually love hip hop music, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> and I love pop music, which is probably more predictable. And Nicki Minaj like blends that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, cut, like imagine like ten year old me obsessed with Lil Kim. Oh, um, absolutely obsessed. And then a nineteen year old me discovers Nicki Minaj taking the best of Rihanna and the best of Lil Kim and putting it together. Oh. So I've basically been obsessed with her since pre pre her first album when she first started making mixtapes. Oh shit. I think she's she's so she's like for me uh the most underrated musician maybe ever in terms of like achievements and in terms of writing and talent and yeah never okay. gets the, never gets a look in because she dresses up too weird. Amazing. Okay. Mm. So I was going to I was going to ask you about this. Um it, it's going to be a follow up question so I'm jumping all over the shop but like do we think she has a lot in common with Madonna? Right, no, hear me out. Madonna's my favourite musical artist of all time. Mm-hmm. I think musically, Nicki Minaj is more talented than Madonna. Um, I think, actually, I liken Nicki Minaj to Dolly Parton. Yeah. That I think what she does is she's an amazing songwriter and doesn't get a look in. She she operates in this genre of music. So Dolly is in country and uh, Nikki is in hip hop, but both are very male dominated and a lot of attention goes on the men and it can be quite misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, not, yeah. not particularly liberal. Yeah. Um, and all these things. And yet is able to cross over. So Dolly can bring in like lesbian mums and drag queens to her concerts alongside like right wingers. And Nikki can bring in all the gays next to massive hip hop fans who probably don't hang out with drag queens very often. So I think it's more there. That's such a good comparison, actually. And also, because I was thinking about the aesthetic stuff and about, like, how you're saying, like, she dresses up weird. So people are like, oh, she can't be a real musician. And I was thinking about sexuality and that being the comparison between them, that they both, like, use their bodies as part of their kind of cultural arsenal. But you're right, so does Dolly. Dolly has been made to be sound, seem ridiculous because of her. Yeah, totally. I think the Madonna thing actually is really accurate, though, because I think, like, I don't think anyone can touch Madonna in terms of artistry. Mm-hmm. And... But no, it's so overlooked because people think Madonna's artistry is gimmicks because it's always she's always changing and always evolving it. So mm. Yeah, just, everything's a fad. Yeah, no um, one called Bowie a fad, did they? Right. Well, and I feel like Nicki probably gets put in that. Especially in like hip hop world, like people accept that she's very talented at writing and 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 recording, but she's not put up there with like Biggie and Eminem mm. because she dresses in a certain way and she's done like bits of pop music and she's done collaborations with girl bands and she's done a lot of that stuff that takes away her credibility but actually I think she's just very like Madonna very artist artistically very good and also like commercially minded and knows what she needs to do to keep it moving and Madonna's had a lot longer a career at this point so we've seen the benefit of what what she's been on now 25 30 years yeah whereas we're looking of... at 10 11 with nikki yeah exactly so there's very there's a it's very possible that in the future 40 for madonna isn't it it's 40 yeah, yeah when would yeah really? didn't, didn't want to say oh <laughs> she'll, she'll... remember when um she listen was... to this <laughs> remember when madonna put nikki on her album and i died remember? yeah i remember yeah. that time i remember you being dead for a very long time you are a oh. ghost we weren't joking (laughs) 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 well we're going to ask you the questions we ask everyone and the first one seems reductive because I'm going to ask you who's your number one diva of all time 
okay, this is really triggering for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I, I have to separate them. So, like, divas, obviously, they, like, consume my musical taste and my pop culture references. And, and your mind. Very, and my mind. Like, they're the <laughs> house. Yes. Um, like, I can't think of many musical artists that you would, that, that, that I like who wouldn't be considered a diva one way or another. Mm-hmm. But I have to separate my favorite musical artist who is Madonna yeah without without any question from like why I love divas just as divas yes yeah there's a difference for me like I think Madonna is not actually that fun as a diva because she's not very self-aware of it she makes it hard for us doesn't she Mm. the struggle is real every day (laughs) like stop talking I love it. You can always tell when Madonna's done something awful because our thread will just be like, she's just done it again. There'll just be loads of sad emojis (laughs) going around Twitter. Like after Aretha died and she made it all about her. Yeah, remember when she was on Graham Norton and those lovely Italian gays made that like really intricate doll and it was beautiful. It was the Desperately Seeking Susan pin, wasn't it, that they'd made it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She was just such a dick. (laughs) Such a dick. She said the sunglasses weren't right. But yeah, there's... I can't appreciate her. Like for me, the most fun divas are like really self-aware. They caught the gaze. They caught campness. They're like sparkle and glitter and joy and fun. They're like mm. like sassy and and cutting. But, unicorns. Like, they're like unicorns. They are. Yeah, they are. Madonna. Like I think she's the best pop star of all time, but I don't think she's the best diva. Which is like, nuts I mean, as well because she. It feels like she's done so much work with and for the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. That it seems so odd that that she's moved that she, she almost seems to push back against what it is that makes the people of that community a lot of the time love people like her. Yeah. Mm. So she doesn't weird. like she's all like she, yeah she's amazing she's she was like you know one of the first right like yeah to go for it in terms of LGBT um, campaigning and mm, yeah yeah she did but she she the thing about Madonna is she can never just like sit back into it she has to be cool mm. all the time so she always has to be like cutting edge and cool and. A lot of gay stuff isn't that cool. A lot of it is like, we just want the greatest hits and we want you to dress up and have, like, she just can't quite, quite lean into the camp. She's not actually very, she's, she's very camp in what she does, but like, yeah. Personality, she's actually not that camp. I totally get what you mean. I mean, like, yeah. she, I think she can be accidentally camp, like with the rose, the, the video with the bath. bath. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate it. thing. <laughs> actually, for, off, for recent off the cuff Madonna footage, that and the fried fish video. <sighs> are much better than some mm. other things we've been subjected to recently. But then, like, I loathe hydrangeas, of course, as well. Like, <laughs> stuff like that, like, is... That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, when she delivers camp. it properly, when she does her, like, absolute bitch to everybody really well, it's yeah. so cool. It's so fun. But, like, often it's just a bit nasty. Yeah. But she's she weird as well. Like, lo- she, doesn't, um, she doesn't... She's not aware of it. She doesn't do it on purpose to be camp. Yeah. And that's the difference, right? With, like, a share... She knows exactly what she's doing. Exactly. Madonna sustained a career over pushing 40 years and is the only person of her generation who still, I mean, let's, let's maybe discount the last couple of albums, but like generally <laughs> continues to deliver music that is pushing boundaries and is interesting. I like, disagree. I love Rebel Heart. And I know you do too. No, actually, I do love Rebel Heart. I don't love... Um, Madame X. wasn't great and Hard Candy as an album wasn't great. No. Sure, sure, sure. Um, the new album, actually, I'm getting more into. Are you? Yeah, I'm finding it again. 
We've really planned, this is a real chance. It really feels <laughs> like therapy, doesn't it? We're all like, are you? I'm really struggling still. I'm sure. worth remembering the episode as well. <laughs> Nicki Minaj as well. We're still talking about Madonna. Yeah. No, you were asking even my, my, my favourite diva. Yes. <laughs> it's not Madonna, even though she's my favourite artist. My favourite diva is Dolly Parton. Oh. Dolly, for me, ticks music and artistry and is amazing. And I listened to her music a lot when I was a kid. But also, it's like camp as fuck. Yeah. Massive tits and massive hair and like really fun. Knows exactly what she's doing. Mm -hmm. We'll do really shit gigs. Or she'll do a Lifetime movie just because she wants to. Yeah. Mm. But also you're a country fan, right? I love country music. So musically, like, that's really your bag as well. You don't have to get past the country thing to like Dolly Parton. No, no, no. I love Dolly Parton's music. I've always loved her music. I think it's... um... Do you know she's got also like... I'm making this up, but like hundreds of albums. Yeah. Oh, literally so hundreds. Much music. Yeah, I was gonna. I was going through a phase where I was trying to listen to every single one, and I. I it's hard. It's hard because there's so many. I could this is gr- very hit and miss. It, it is. I, I think. A, I mean, I'd like. I'd love to hear suggestions actually on what would be a great album of Dolly's because otherwise I'm just dotting around a bit. Um, right. So I would suggest you go um, early, but not too early. So like skip the first two or three. Right. She's being told what to do by people. Sure. But the uh, late, late 60s, early 70s, Dolly's great. And then she bops about in the 70s where you can pick like two songs per album. Sure. I would, for me, I mean, this is an unpopular opinion because it's like nine to five era, but I would skip the 80s because it's okay. very... Okay. Hmm. Um, and then 90s is fun. And then it sort of goes hit and miss again. Sure. But like you can create a playlist of like 200 songs that are all amazing. Amazing. So. That's what I need. I'll do it. Great, thank you. Have it, Make us a playlist. We put it out on the feed. Big D Energy right. listeners can. Oh my God, I absolutely will. Yeah, oh my there God, go. amazing. Uh, second question Who runs the world? Mm. Who are you giving the codes? And I, I'm supposed to say Beyonce, aren't I? Because everybody says Beyonce, but like. There's no rules. There's no rules, babe. Mm. Rules are out the window, it's the end of the world. <laughs> Yeah, I just I worry about Beyonce because she doesn't really talk politics, and she's, I think she might be secretly a bit of a Tory. <gasps> oh. um, I know. But Is I it do not know. just the Dolly situation though, where she just doesn't want to go either side because her fan base well, occupies she's, she's so a many? Democrat, like yeah, that. probably. But then Dolly will come out and say like she loves the gays, and like Beyonce doesn't really do that. Like yeah. she doesn't really. Does so Beyonce like... not like endorse the de- Democrat? Did she not endorse Obama? She did. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not quite the same as. Maybe I mean, none of this, nothing I say today is based on any facts. Oh, that's good. <laughs> don't worry about it. Like, yeah, don't come you've given us research. all your facts on Nicki Minaj and the rest is just conjecture. <laughs> yeah. I feel like also with Beyonce, like, she's not that fun. And I, if someone's going to run the world, like, I'd rather have someone fun. Yeah. So like, not, not Beyonce for me. I feel like I'd like maybe a cabinet. Am I allowed a cabinet? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. A good idea. So I feel like um, politics is also not really my bag. So I don't really know what everyone's official title should be called. But no, like, you, make you can up. make them up. God of War. <laughs> God, God of War. God of War. <laughs> My cabinet is gods. You've been playing the PlayStation God of War recently. It's Madonna. Because like, oh. if you want someone to make a decision, she's making a decision. That's happening. Amazing. Oh, like Hillary Clinton under Obama. Yeah. Like she's the one yeah, that's very like, that. yeah, you're going into Afghanistan. Who's in charge? Madonna. Yeah, like absolutely that. I think um, like God of Equality and and <laughs> making people pull themselves together is probably Oprah. Oh, strong. Uh, nice. Yeah. Great. 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 Right. Great. Yeah. Cher can do, I don't know, she can do the catering thing. I wouldn't trust there, Cher near a pot. I, I want her there, but I don't want to do anything of note. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I love her, but... You don't want her, that finger hovering above the button. <laughs> oh, fuck I it. think the person I would give like the actual top role to 
is Rihanna. Oh, fucking hell! Jesus Christ, <laughs> playing with fire on you. <laughs> Rihanna's good because she's like politically engaged. Yeah, like, she refused sure. to Super Bowl because she doesn't agree with the way the NBA. Not NBA, it's the wrong one, isn't it? It's the sport the, the people. Game people yeah. talk, talk, uh, treated the, um, oh God, sport, I'm off. Football, <laughs> American football. He either knelt down or he didn't kneel down. Or oh, with the national anthem. Remember? Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she refused to do Super Bowl um, because of that, which I'm gutted about. But she's very like, she, you know, she t- takes a stand and she sticks by it. Fuck, um, I didn't know that. She's very fun. I live for her. I don't think we need an American running the world. <laughs> um, imagine her fielding questions in that like press conference <gasps> oh my god she's so fun I'm not saying she's the best choice but she's my choice <laughs> <laughs> no I'm with you no I'm... I'm with you and recently she's really proven herself to be something of a leader yeah. with all that money that she's giving to giving a lot of money to, to the, the charity to COVID yeah. the only thing is I don't I need more Rihanna music so we need her to not delay anymore she does so. need to, to knuckle down now it's getting so a bit R nine, and then she takes over. That sure, great. that that's fine. I think that's a reasonable request. But the worry there is you've got to question her work ethic. Well, that's why she's only she's what's the title again? She's the head. Oh, she's the head. I'm sorry. We just put her up at head. <laughs> you, you put the head last. So I got good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, head god. Well, oh right. Well, she's got a cabinet. Maybe she can she can delegate. Diva from history. Oh. Selena at the Salem Witch Trials. Who witch diva are you sending back to which historical situation? I think I'd like to send little Kim. <laughs> really, I'd like to send her, her own life. to see what happens. <laughs> I think I'd like to send her back to the court of Henry VIII. <laughs> and I'd like her to marry him. Oh and I'd God. love to see him try and cut her fucking head off. Oh, She'd cut his head off. And oh then God. all would be well. That would be I mean? amazing. <laughs> like, that would be fun to watch. History would yeah. be remarkably different, I'd say. Yeah. So, Divorce yeah. beheaded Slade. That's my pick. That's a great choice. And Material Girl, what's on your rider? I mean, I'm basic, aren't I? Let's be <laughs> I need a beanie to keep my head warm, some white wine, <laughs> copious amounts of white wine. I gave up bread for Lent and now I'm back on it. So like a big loaf of bread, but like cheap white bread. So much yeast. Yeah, a lot of yeast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And YouTube. Amazing. I'm really not, I'm really, really easy to to be around. I'm easy to be married to, like it's it's a breeze. Just keep her, keep her fermenting and give her a YouTube for stories. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, have you ever been a diva? I was thinking about this actually. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm quite bad tempered, so I guess I can have No get out. That's not yeah. true. Twit. No, I can't. Well, ask Chris Adams. Um <laughs> I can have like I can like throw a wobbly. But I don't know if it's like devery. The only one I can think of is one time when I was on holiday and I was reading, which honestly isn't very common for me. And <laughs> I was also reading a quite clever book. I was reading Line of Beauty by Alan Hollinghouse. Oh, yeah. Oh. Let's take a minute to appreciate my uh, literacy there. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a Booker <laughs> Prize winner. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very, I was very absorbed. And then I went to, I don't know, check in or something. The preface being, when we go on holiday, I don't do any admin. Or yeah. really in life, I don't do any admin. So I'm not, I don't really know like when we're going, where we're going. Like I'm not just, I just turn it's up. It's not your bag. Which to give some context is absolutely fine when you're married to Chris Adams. Yeah. Oh yeah, Queen of Admin. Yeah. Absolutely fine. 
Um, she's got everything printed, like in order, in a folder. Oh, so I literally just follow her around. Super. So I was following her around reading this book. And then we showed <laughs> what, walking along? Yeah, honestly, I was so obsessed with it. Ken- Kindle? Um, huh? On a Kindle or paperback? No, paperback. Good Real for one. you. Real book. Bending the spine? It was, um, paper- yeah, it was paperback. I'm trying to remember it. It was very creased. I dropped it in the pool. It was, it was another almost even moment. But... <laughs> <laughs> it came so and then, close. And then I got to that bit where you show your passport to that queen who, like, you know, checks you out or whatever. And um, I left it on the desk and went through security. <gasps> and I, oh, my God, I had such a tantrum. I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> I started shouting. And I made Chris Adam... This is also before the time when being on the internet abroad was free. I made him go on the internet, which cost probably more than the book to download me a kindle version to his phone and i then took his phone off of him and i used it for the whole flight oh my god that was quite a lot Um, that is so much i mean also what else was he going to be doing with his phone on the flight should have it on safe mode that is true yeah you're right your commitment to great literature you were like fuck the fees yeah um, You're the Alan Hollinghurst of books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, love <laughs> I am the Alan Hollinghurst of reading. <laughs> I you. love that. I've got that paperback sat on our shelf, and it's been sat there for fucking ages. Should I dive in? Yeah. What the books have met? That book is amazing. But then I tried all the other ones. Oh no, good. I read the Swimming Pool Library at university. Oh, I read the most recent one. I really struggled. Oh, Swimming Pool Library is good, and it's about 150 pages long, so you burn through it. It's quite young for him. Right. The bit that made me uncomfortable was my mum recommended The Line of Beauty to me. And in fact, she gave me the book that I lost. Yeah. Within chapter one, there's some guy like rimming another guy in a park. <laughs> it's a swimming pool library. Yeah, there's a bit when he makes the guy piss his pants and then fucks him. It's, oh, it's uh, I stuck think, with Why you. did my mum my read that and thought, oh, I know. She's never recommended me a book. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I know what you're like. <laughs> so, she's not wrong. But. I say Kim, you say Belk. Him. Bell. Kim. Bell. I don't know why I fucked that up so much. Why were you struggling? It's because like, usually you're, it's, usually it's you on the other end. It's usually you leading the chant, Rich. Uh, so yeah. I think she got, she doesn't got drunk on power and champagne. Rich's mum is called Kim Bell. For context, shout out to Kim Bell. Kim Bell, what? Kim Bell. She's Stop. probably my favourite diva, actually. Oh my God, you know what? She'd Should be a contender there, for mine. Yeah. I'd put yeah, her in the diva true. cab. Uh, she is one of the most flawlessly fabulous people she really at is. Chris and Rich's wedding horror she was wearing the outfit someone else the outfit same outfit <laughs> someone horror. else yeah Auntie Julie had the same dress on is it Auntie Julie does she know her but no the, Chris is Auntie oh, Julie but the way she dealt with it was just absolute chef's kiss we, yeah. we were all like oh my god what's going to happen mother of the bride wearing the same outfit someone else she just went straight up to Auntie Julie Auntie Julie we're wearing the same dress Let's have a picture. Yeah. And, and they she, also had the same hair. Do you remember that like, <laughs> mum bob that they have? That like, blondie mum bob. <laughs> she just created her own who wore it better moment. She just yeah. put, put the images side by side and was like, well. It was also then. amazing because it felt like they look quite similar, but one is from Carlisle, the very north, and my mum's from Dorset, the very south. <laughs> like parallel unit, they, they operate separately, but together at all times. <laughs> my theory on Auntie need- Judy. You need one in each kingdom just to keep things sticking over. Yeah, you really do. Queen of the North, Queen of the South. (laughs) (laughs) This is why unity is so important in these troubled times. So true. We need those two women bringing us all together. Yeah. Uh, It also proves your point about Madonna and Cher, basically, because 
Yeah. Madonna would not have accepted being in the same dress. Cher would have been like, let's have a picture. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine someone being in the same dress? Which, yeah. makes, which makes Kim Bell the ultimate diva. <laughs> what was that, darling? She suggests that Auntie Julie is Madonna and my mum is Cher. Yes, it does. Um, I love that. I, I'm really here for that. Yeah. It wasn't what I meant, but it is now. Imagine someone wearing the same dress as Cher, like turning up in that Oscars <laughs> outfit. <laughs> Be like, oh my god, snap! I'm also in Bob Mackie. We both made the bad choice today. (laughs) (laughs) Just because we've got you here, Rich, and we don't usually ask people this, but um, obviously you are a regular contributor. 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 Mm -hmm. You're a regular contributor. What does being a diva mean to you? That's tricky, isn't it? We don't usually ask people that, do we? Mm -mm. I think you should. It's a good question. I find it hard to separate diva from gay icon. Mm. Mm. I know they're not the same, but they usually are the same person. Um, I think a diva is probably... I don't necessarily think a diva is always female, but I think whoever a diva is has usually got a very strong feminine energy. Mm. And I think it's somebody who is very clear on what they want. I don't think that person has to have the chops to back that up, as long as they fully believe that what they want and what they can do is what they're going to do. Um, and I think they often get persecuted for that because we don't like that in women and or feminine men to be like headstrong. So I think it's like a very headstrong uh, woman or feminine man, mm. of which I identify. Um, that is such a good answer. That's exactly what it is. It's because we we really, uh, as a society, suspect suppress that don't we in women that that's the whole the bossy thing isn't it it's yeah we don't want women or feminine identifying men or nb people to 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 be out of line and we don't way. want anyone basically that's not a straight white man yeah to say. but we have like i always think we have like a tier system so like top of the tier is um i'm using masculine and feminine in a gross way but it's to make a point like mm. it is masculine straight man mm-hmm. and then Below him is probably less masculine straight man. Mm-hmm. And then we probably, we basically think that like being female is gross. So everyone else falls on a tier below that. So yeah. like being female is gross because it's female, but at least you're conforming to what that straight man wants. If you're a yeah. woman, you're not even conforming to what he wants. So you're bottom of the pile. If you're a queer man, you're not conforming to any of it. So you're really low. Like there's a tier. It's the binary. It's as long as you're in the binary, yeah. you're yeah. people are happy with it. And then you work society at large, sorry, you know, not people. You, then you work, yeah, people of, of colour into that and, and the power dynamic, you know, again. Oh. Yeah, that's why intersectionality is so interesting, isn't mm. it? I think that's interesting about like sorry to jump ahead, but on Nikki is mm. interesting because I think <clears throat> that Nikki is a diva, but she has to contend with being called a diva because she's a woman in music and yeah. a woman in a the genre of music that's very male dominated so she's considered a diva in the negative sense of that word but she's yeah. also has to contend with being called like angry black woman yes yeah which is like well i don't know what you do because like she's as angry as madonna is and she's as angry as taylor swift is yeah but she, she has that like, she has that all over her like everyone thinks she's fighting all the time so that's like so true and i think like we're going to uh, we're going to deal with one major feud today and on our next step we'll get into into the kind of the stack up of feuds but that yeah absolutely it, it does really seem like people come for her and she's she's just minding her own business a lot of the time yeah she just being the best and she, she can't help it yeah she can't help it genuinely 
Ugh, obsessed. Right, well, we're going to have a little break and then we're going to get right into Nicki Minaj. Ms. Minaj. And we're back. Yeah. So right up top, I'm going to flag that Rich is getting a research credit. (laughs) For this episode, yeah. So, thank you. Readers, listeners, I'm so sad to tell you that Holly Morgan and Tom Moore's not huge Nicki Minaj fans. Oh. We are now. On the contrary. <laughs> we are. You're talking about then. <laughs> but this is three days later. I'm talking about now. Um, no, Rich... I've listened to her all day today. Yeah. But Rich compiled an incredible, like, this Google is doc. this is Nicki Minaj. So thank you so much for doing that. And you oh, can yeah. just like raise an arm when you feel like you're being your your material isn't being credited properly, or raise an arm when you feel like you have more material that yeah. we haven't gone through that you'd like to add to. Absolutely, really well, that good. Um, for entry level barbs, let's give you some fun facts. Uh, as mentioned at the top, Nikki has a number of alter egos. Uh, for example, her demonic gay twin brother Roman Zelansky and Roman's mum Martha Zelansky. She is British. Other alter egos include the Harajuku Barbie, that's when she's sort of being soft-spoken, and Nikki Lewinsky, who comes out when she's being mucky. Uh, she also coined the term dick bicycle. Okay, so let's get into it. Oh. Uh, Nikki's government name is Onika Tanya Maraj Petty, and she was born in Trinidad and Tobago on December the 8th, 1982, to parents Robert and Carol Maraj. It was a very difficult childhood, apparently. Her father now reformed, was a difficult, violent addict who once tried to burn their house down. She has said that, contrary to what you might expect, crack made him pretty mellow. But alcohol turned him into a violent nightmare. She's also said that he was abusive, uh, but he did not abuse her. She said once in an interview, I would always hear him yelling and cursing, always. And that seems to be what she focuses on. It's like the sort of the violent language that he mm. used quite a lot. Uh, the, the shouting that existed in their household. According to Nikki, her parents' marriage wasn't a happy one. When I was younger, she told the New York Times, I thought the only reason my mother didn't leave my father was for financial reasons. From early on in my life, I looked at a woman not having her money as the biggest curse. Now that I'm an adult, I realise that women stay whether a man's rich or poor. It's just a weakness. Which is a problematic statement. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. What do we think about that? Um, I don't know if it's problematic or if it's just an unfortunate truth. Um, mm. I think... A lot of women stay with very abusive men and they shouldn't. Mm. Or, mm. you know, all, all signs would tell them they shouldn't, but they do. Well, I yeah. find it interesting that she defines it as a weakness. Yeah. Weakness seems like a loaded term, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but she's interesting because Nikki's not, um, she's not, she's not very good at like PR. So she doesn't really, she thinks before she speaks, but she doesn't PR herself. So she right. just... She says things like that because she thinks it's true and she probably shouldn't, but she's not interested in, like, the um, Twitter police coming at her. Yeah. It's a problem all her career, but, like, she probably does think it's a weakness because she's very strong and she doesn't part with anything. So she probably does, she probably would say staying with an abusive man is weak because that's what she would think it was. Is she the kind of person, does she get into situations a lot where she's asked to apologise and then does or doesn't? What's the score in terms of that? She doesn't really apologise. She doesn't ever really say anything she doesn't think so she like she's like she's true to her word she doesn't apologize but she's i think she's fair most of the time mm. okay we're going to get into it that in part two i think that's really been shown with the recent stuff with her husband which will be tune in for two weeks time dear us to talk about that mm-hmm. uh but yeah i mean let's just 
think about growing up in that kind of environment where your father threatened well attempted to burn down your childhood home like how do you come out of that being as together as she is I think she's remarkable for that and you know she's she's very like articulate about he didn't abuse me but he was an abuser which I think is a really interesting distinction as well yeah um and she's yeah she's she seems to be very forgiving about that as well but not uh not whitewashing it like just it was what it was yeah I think as well she's from an outside point of view I would say your father taking drugs abusing your mother and trying to burn your house down is abusing you as a child yeah but she doesn't identify as that which is her prerogative but interesting it's interesting definitely maybe what we're identifying here is that she will not identify herself as a victim Mm. no yeah that's probably very accurate like she will never um even down to like she doesn't like to be called the greatest when she does like to be called the greatest female rapper (laughs) (laughs) let's be clear she does a lot (laughs) she actually just wants to be called one of the greatest rappers like she doesn't like to be like uh, oh interesting below anything or below anybody so yeah maybe that's why jesus so she doesn't like it to be categorized as i'm a female rapper i am one of the greatest rappers well no yeah she's got but a whole she song about, she's got a whole song about how her drake and lil wayne define an era of hip-hop and if you check the stats and check the charts there is no denying it and she basically made an album about that fact i live for stats based brand yeah Stats based diva shit. Yeah. Stats diva. Get the wiki page up, write a song. That's what I say. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, Absolutely. And it was tough, which doesn't really explain how in 2015 she ended up developing a show based on her childhood for ABC Family. (laughs) So think the Brady Bunch, but with more life threatening domestic abuse. Keep it light. Keep it strictly light. What do the kids want? They don't want that. <laughs> no. It was cancelled in 2016. Her parents moved to New York, briefly leaving Nikki and her siblings in the Caribbean with her grandparents. Nikki moved to NYC age five and Queens did not know what hit it. It's not long after arriving in the States that Nikki's gift for performance becomes evident. Age six, she decides she wants to be the most famous soap opera star of all time, which is obviously ironic, <laughs> which is obviously ironic, seeing as her career has been punctuated with plenty of drama. She brings a drama. I love that Nicki wanted to basically be a, a, a telenovela star. Yeah. I just think the idea that Nicki Minaj in a different world could have been the US Pat Butcher is really <laughs> quite beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> when in reality, she would have been more like Deirdre. Do you re- yeah. <laughs> Did you Rashid? Yeah. Um, I see her. <laughs> uh, infamous rather than famous. <laughs> I, see, I put her as Letitia Dean. Oh, good for Just because I'm obsessed uh, with Letitia yeah. Dean <laughs> at the moment. Accurate. My son. <laughs> He's in the kitchen. Eating up a b- 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 biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> what in what world would Nicki? Min- I, mean, I guess she obviously thought she was writing the storylines as well. Maybe she, did she think they? Made she the thought content? they made them up. She's like my parents when they found out that there was an editor involved in television. <laughs> Just go. What does it not magically come from whatever room they're filming it to my house? <laughs> she was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're making I guess it up. It's pre. It's pre reality TV, right? So she mm. probably. Like what they're going to do is follow me because I'm great. Yeah, and it will be that that will be the biggest soap opera of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, music was clearly in her blood though, as evidenced by the fact that she played clarinet in band. Can we just school band, Nikki? <laughs> Can we just take a minute on that as well? It's going to be a fucking long podcast. But <laughs> the idea that Nicki Minaj played the clarinet in school. Like, remember them girls in school who played clarinet? Yeah. I'm so sorry for the clarinet community, but remember the girls. <laughs> 
Hey, you know who's in the clarinet community? Woody Allen. So, oh, fine. Hit him where it hurts. <laughs> clarinet community. Grab a CC. Why that instrument? <laughs> like, yeah, big lungs. I don't know. She's a talker, isn't she? Maybe that's what it was. Uh, I would. Although like, you played like the sax, wouldn't you? Maybe. I want to refer our listeners to the previous Patty Lapone episode where we discovered that Patty plays the tuba, <laughs> and I want to pitch. A, an actor muso production featuring Nicki Minaj and Patti Lapone. Um, I will accept any sensible suggestion of what musical they could be doing. I'd also like to know who else we can add to the band. Like, who are the other? Try and find this out yeah. in the future. Who are the other actor musicians with the unexpected instruments? Yeah, we need to branch out because it's quite niche at the moment. Like a tuba and a clarinet. We're not going to play many <laughs> ones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No. Nicki Minaj is not playing the clarinet on any of her albums. <laughs> <laughs> She's made use of it. Yeah, somebody's like a great artist. They like oh, I, I'm one of these people. I just write on the piano. I write on the guitar. I write on the clarinet. Sure yeah, you do. Nicki Minaj is just at home writing like bees in the trap, but on a clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, like what a boss move it is as well. Like they're at a house party. Some guy whips out a guitar, or someone's like sat at a piano, and Nicki's just there in the corner, like slowly <laughs> assembling her clarinet, <laughs> putting it in. <laughs> <laughs> it takes about 15, 20 minutes, but when she gets there, she's like, dur, dur, dur. <laughs> I'm so However, into it. she discovered her true calling at 10 and wrote her first rap, Summon About Sweets. <laughs> Summon About Sweets. Summon About Sweets. I don't think that's what it was called, but it was about sweets. <laughs> Summon About Sweets, the first single from Nicki Minaj, <laughs> age 10. Uh, but initially, her ultimate goal was to be an actress. Uh, which chimes with the whole soap opera thing. Mm. Uh, she gains a place at Fiorello H. LaGuardia High School of Music and Art, which is the school that was the inspiration for the film and TV series Fame. No. Yes, yeah. They're going to live forever. <laughs> oh, my God, she's going to live forever, isn't she? She, well, is. she is. Yeah, but... Now, I'm calling a Chris's coincidence here. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. Fame featured Leroy... From fame. Go on. Who played the original Tommy Ross in Carrie the Musical, <laughs> which Chris and I are long-term stands, nay, apologists of. <laughs> but yeah, she went to the fame school. Yeah. I just think... Was that not in your... No. That wasn't part of Richard's... Uh, I, this is, I thought you were acting. I thought you were doing a lovely bit of, I did not no. know that She's acting. got range. What, uh, tell, tell the listener about your, um, your stage debut. Oh, so um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you caught it. Um, it was in all the papers, but I um, was, there was a production at Wimborne First School of uh, a new piece, actually. It was called The Lost Little Shepherd Boy. <laughs> and I played uh, Lost Little Shepherd Boy. The eponymous lead. In, I was in every scene, seven solo songs. What? And what happened when Kim Bell realised? Kim Bell was livid. I would say, my mum, my mom, I'm going to preface this. I mean, she won't hear it. She doesn't know what podcast is. But just, <laughs> my mum is fantastic and an excellent mother. But... Dave. Admit, admit she preferred uh, she preferred motherhood with teenagers. So trying to get As all good divas do. Right. So trying to get involved in school-level activities wasn't really for her. So when I went home and told her, oh, I'm going to be a shepherd, she just thought, like, one of them shitty nativities, like, stick him at the back, whatever. <laughs> Aww. made me the raggiest shepherd costume you've ever seen <laughs> and then turned up on one of the night. Na- probably open night it was on for a week sorry opening night oh my god um, press night turned up, turned up and realised A she hadn't helped me learn any of the words I knew the words she hadn't helped me 
and she made me the worst the worst costume on stage and I was the lead <laughs> she just ragged you in like a pillowcase Honestly, it was like my sister's old nighty in a tea towel <laughs> with a bit of string from that junk tour and there I was singing my little heart out drag on a dime babe yeah well truly yeah I'm the Shangela of Wimborne <laughs> That's what they call you on the toilet walls. That'll be on your gravestone. <laughs> oh, oh, that really made me laugh. I love that story. It's so tragic. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, though, I've always had a very unshakable confidence. So I just walked out there thinking, meh, fuck it. Yeah, I'm rocking this. <laughs> like, no scarring at all. Fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine with it. Probably gave you some valuable perspective. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Whereas I was livid when I didn't get the lead of Oliver in Oliver and was made to play Mrs. Bedwin. Who's Mrs. Bedwin? Exactly. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Rubbing it in. Yeah. Yeah, because I've aged. This is an early um, sort of brush with the cruelty of the acting profession. Because I'd gone from the age of 11 to 11 and a half, I was no longer in year six. I couldn't play Oliver. I had to play Mrs. Bedwin, the geriatric housewoman. That's the obvious question. Yeah. Why would you be playing Oliver and not a boy? Oh, there weren't any. This is when... Oh, Posh bitch. Yeah, posh bitch. This is where my champagne socialist, <laughs> Prosecco socialist parents um, got me into a private school called the Royal School Hampstead. <laughs> when, when my father couldn't say the name of any part of the title apart from school. <laughs> when I went to school. <laughs> I think the good thing about growing up in rural Dorset was like me and my raggy costume really didn't stand out mm. among the Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> No one's, at, no one's at private school in my school, so we're good. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, in the Tina Fey episode, I baffled Camilla Whitehill by referencing Press Gang. And I'm about to do the same by asking if either of you remember the British version of fame, The Biz? Anyone from <laughs> The Biz? Is that a cross between... No, I want to watch it. <laughs> Is that a cross between The Wiz and The Bill? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Paul Nichols was it? Paul Nicholas was in it? The one who was the the, um, the one from EastEnders who went mad and put tin foil oh, on his head. Paul Nichols. Yeah, I really fancy him when I was a kid. Yeah, really fit. Yeah. Mm. Like objectively really fit. I, I think yeah. he's in the biz. Um, so well, he definitely is in the biz. But Wait, is it a TV <laughs> show? Is he in the show? <laughs> <laughs> it was a TV show. It, was, it had your, your Grange Hill, your biker slot. So this is this is a dark bit here. So age fifteen, whilst in a relationship with an older man, she finds herself pregnant. Who does? Nikki. Okay. Not anyone from the biz. Nikki finds herself pregnant, and I say finds herself because I've read some sources saying that she was raped, uh, but I've also read Nikki saying that the older guy was a, was um, he he was just an older guy and he was the father, and obviously at fifteen she is a child so it is rape so maybe that's what the two stories have become how they become conflated um she has an abortion which is something she says she's really struggled with at the time and continues to be haunted by and she talks about it on the track autobiography which was recorded pre-fame so i just want to have a little chat about uh, american singers and being perceived as being pro-choice and having to speak out about abortion because it's um it seems to be an issue that she's that has caused her some controversy so i wondered what you thought about that rich i mean i guess the struggle i mean so she's she's caribbean moving into america right mm. she's got two relatively conservative cultures raising her yeah that's true yeah 
I think she grew up in the church as well, right? I think. Yeah. Um, a lot going on. A lot going on. She writes a lot about it. She doesn't necessarily write about it. She doesn't call it out, but she talks a lot about what it will be like when she has children. Yeah. She talks a lot about losing, like losing family members who are unnamed but who are very young. You get the impression from her songs that they're like young children or babies potentially. So she she references it a lot. I think it's it's quite defining. Like on her more serious tracks, like it's a a theme of like loss and looking forward and being like, when I'm through this and I have my baby. Like, that's a real thing she talks about a lot. That's really interesting because I was talking about to you about that, Tom, and you were like, oh, but she's got kids. And I thought she had, yeah. Maybe that's what I've picked up on is yeah. those voices that you were talking about, Rich. There's a song called All Things Go, which I think is about that that moment in her life. It's yeah. really beautiful. It's really beautiful. But, like, she talks a lot about losing somebody. She, I can't think that she names it specifically or names the incident. And then... Um, how you try and move on and you never do. Mm. Like she's, it's a defining moment for her, I think. I think it's really interesting and there's not a lot of artists who talk about it because a lot of women who have had abortions and then want to be mothers, it's just a really interesting like thing to reflect in your work. And it's a really interesting facet of being a woman in pop culture. I think that you have that platform to talk about something um, that a lot of women experience and deal with this kind of like multi-headed dog of grief and also um anger that you should have to justify it and that you have this expectation that you should as well i can't even think of i mean i'm, I'm not an expert but like i can't even think of anybody who's talked about it quite as openly as she has yeah so, absolutely not yeah. in her field i mean the only person i can think of is um sarah pascoe as a comedian who's spoken about it but yeah no one from the ultra conservative country that is america and like what we was, what we were saying earlier about about dolly and having to balance those factions because we forget like the scale of the right wing in america yeah and even though Nicki minaj you wouldn't be like oh my my six-year-old loves Nicki minaj particularly she has a really she actually has a really 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 young fan base so she releases all of her songs without any swearing in it because she's aware that little kids listen to her music and she doesn't want them to like she releases she does versions of her album that don't have songs about like certain topics because she thinks that little kids shouldn't listen to it. Like she, she, she has a really young family. Oh, so there you go. Then that's even more, even braver of her to have to have spoken out about that, and 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 yeah, risked losing that. And it's interesting that she's like, I do think she like. There's a loads of Dolly Parton comparisons, but what she doesn't do that Dolly does is she doesn't shy away from social issues, politics, whatever mm. she's thinking. Like she, I feel like she probably doesn't have the ability to keep it in because that's probably who she is, but she, um, she'll like call stuff out. Like even like really, really early doors, Donald Trump coming into power. She has a song where she sings about, she says, um, I'm an island girl and Donald Trump wants me to go home. Like oh, she's wow. she talks, yeah. she talks a lot about politics and I think it, it puts her even more in a box of like, she's a black woman and she's in hip hop and she's very politically engaged and talks about it a lot. Like she isolates a lot of people from her yeah oh fuck she's everything mm-hmm. oh, we've covered uh Nicki minaj arriving in queens and now we're gonna and going to the fame school and now we're gonna talk about what happened after she graduated so she appears in some off-broadway productions uh, and then subsidizes her living working as a waitress uh rich how important do you feel that her background in theater is for her work in terms of what we see now as Nicki Minaj? Do you think it's a big deal? It's very theatrical. 
I feel like her characters that she does, like, so her characters are not just like funny gimmicks she does. Like she raps in their voices and right. does like mm. bit as them. Like they're very part of her work. And her her stage performances are very different to most hip hop artists because they have the full production. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like a Madonna production, like that level of creativity. Um, but she gets really criticized for it. It's another one of those things where people write Nicki off as pop. So a lot of hip hop people say Nicki Minaj is pop music and therefore not credible in the hip hop world. So like it counts, it does a lot for her in terms of, I guess, pe- her fans enjoy it and her work is amazing because of it, but she gets written off in terms of credibility because it's mm. too, too produced, it's too musical theater. It's too, mm. it's not like, you know, she doesn't just talk about, you know, guns and whatever. Roses. Guns and roses, yeah. <laughs> which is that's what the hip hop community loves. Guns and roses. <laughs> um, can I take a side note on that? Do you have you ever seen a Nicki concert? I don't actually know this about you. I have seen the Nicki. I've seen her twice. I saw her at Wireless. Or she headlining? No, it was really early doors. It was like at middle, maybe middle of the first album campaign. Ooh. Oh wow! Actually, and then um, when was the next time? It was amazing. And then I saw her there too. And oh. when when was that in the, in the career? It was a while back. I haven't seen it for years. It was probably so. It's probably the re-up. So it's like album two and a half. Like okay, gray area. Was there much of a? Di- did you see that there being much of a difference between the two shows? Like, was there a re-up? There's a difference in audience by that point. So mm. early doors, she's not that famous really outside of like hip hop. Um, and you know she's coming up, but she's not pulling in the massive crowd. Okay. So if you, when it's a festival situation, she's pulling in people that like hip hop music, people who are there a bit passively, don't really know what's going on. Um, all the pop fans are over somewhere else looking at Kesha or whatever. <laughs> Tore me in two, I'll be honest. Uh, oh my um, God, what a Sophie's <laughs> choice. Like, oh, really, really got my Merrill on that night. But, um, <laughs> and then by the time we were at the O2, like she, that's the Dolly thing. The Dolly thing at the O2 is exactly that. Like you yeah. are there at a hip hop concert with somebody in drag dressed as Nicki Minaj and the little yes. girl is there with her mum. Like it's everybody by that point. Mm. That's incredible. That is amazing. I love that reach. And yeah. I just like, I think that was why, I, weirdly I was initially resistant to her music because I, because of the personas. So I remember Lisa, friend of the pod, Lisa Miller and Cassie, again, a deep friend of the pod, yeah, being like, yeah, 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 icons. And you, Rich, being like, you would love her. She's amazing. This She does this, that and the other. Like, and for me, I thought, oh, this sounds like um, an artist with multiple personality disorder. And That's an odd thing to think. Yeah, you would think that, wouldn't you? Um, but actually, now I've realised that she was how much she was curating that, and how much these are just different expression, different artistic expressions. I get it more. Whereas listening to it initially, I was a bit like, oh god, I don't what it's. It, I don't know what's going on. This is this is confusing yeah. me. It's, I guess it's a language that you don't that you're not used to in terms of yeah. a lot of the music that you listen to, because a lot of what you listen to is either uh, straight pop mm. or uh rock mm. like uh, like old school rock like mostly 70s mm. and the, a lot of that nuance is not present in that that is often present in hip-hop but mm. i'm sure we'll get into that and there's later. like a there's a criticism that nikki gets on particularly in reviews um where people say her albums are completely inconsistent and they probably are it's not like oh here's 10 songs that are all in one particular style and yeah similar themes and like she doesn't I don't think she puts albums together like that so she gets really criticized for them being kind of a bit of everything and a bit too much um in a way that like um Gaga gets that for like a born this way type album where it's just all a bit much yeah but also I listened to Ziggy Stardust today uh Mm. and for a 
for like the definitive concept album don't make any fucking sense <laughs> like there's no like the narrative might be there in his yeah, head yeah, but yeah. it is not apparent and come at me because you can tell me as much as you want that it's like an entire story but it ain't Doctor of the Moon makes no sense either unless yeah. you're watching it with the Wizard of Oz so after she graduates high school she's in an off-Broadway play called In Case You Forget uh, there used to be some footage of this floating around on the internet, but you can't get at it now, apparently. Uh, but what you can get is a lot of shady journalism from the early years, where journos very much take the angle that she was a flop at acting, uh, and that's sort of why she went into music, and they poke fun at her being a big loser who works in Red Lobster. I have What's such a dude. What's Red Lobster? It's where Nicki Minaj used to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mass chain, but it's kind of like, it's, it's the Olive Garden Equivalent. Oh, fine, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Nikki worked there, which is everything. Do you think, though? So, do we think? <laughs> so, Nikki has a very particular look, which I know we don't objectify women's bodies. She should look how she looks. Yeah. And I think she looks fantastic. She's flawless. But her tea is always in a wig. Yeah. Always. Um, well, I don't know if she always has had this, but she does now have very narrow waist, very big bum, very big legs. Yeah. Okay. Boobs out, right? That's yeah. her look. Yeah. Regardless of if she's on stage or not. Do we think she was doing that, but in a pinny? Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> where she's got the look from like because she tied the penny so tight. Yeah. <laughs> I just think great. Can you imagine? Lived. If you were being served by Nicki Minaj or Anika probably at that stage, you'd be like... She must have an aura. Like, she, I, 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 like if you met her, she must have this aura of, like, excellence. Do you know yeah. what I mean? 100%. So Rich, do you know that she got fired from the lobster? I know, she got fired from about 15 jobs, didn't she? But she got fired from the lobster. Do you know why, Rich? <laughs> this story is everything. <laughs> I can tell you why, I'm assuming. Um, a customer, as we want to do as customers at restaurants, accidentally took her pen. And <laughs> she chased them down the road, demanded the pen back, and then when they dutifully gave her the pen, which is, you know, what you would do, she gave them the finger. <laughs> <laughs> and they complained yeah, about it. And then when someone asked her in an interview, apparently after that story, uh, was the pen special, Nikki? She said, no, no, it's just the principle. <laughs> Don't need my pen. I'm with her. <laughs> too many people have taken too many things from the Caribbean. She's not having it. <laughs> <She's> not <laughs> having it. No. Yeah. I yeah, think that's she, what she was thinking. She got fired from multiple red lobsters as well, apparently. they moved Oh, not, her, not one. Yeah, they moved her around between branches. <laughs> Customer service, not her thing. Place her, do you know what I mean? They, yeah. They saw something in her, but they just can't quite. Put her I in love her. what this is, right? Well, imagine that charisma, that raw charisma. She must have like been caning it in tips. Oh, absolutely. If my waiter turned up serving me, I suppose a lobster, um, but had a long floor-length pink wig <laughs> with fringe cut into it, mm-hmm. I just a tip. I yeah, absolutely, do you know what I mean? Like, like you were before in a you'd bar. eaten the food. Yeah, like you were in a drag club. You'd be like, have all of my money, please keep coming back until <laughs> I never leave. Have you? You have you worked bar? Um, no, not officially. She gave her cinema. She's done chip shop. She's done cinema, and then late night cinema. There's a bar in it, but it doesn't really count. Yeah, sidebar. Um, coffee shop, gay bar, but not really bar work. More like collecting glasses and being friends with people. Just being there. Oh, that sounds like I'm a prostitute. I was going to say you went... Yeah, it did sound like you were a sex worker, <laughs> It's more like... You'd go <laughs> you made it sound a lot like that. Let their glasses and say, hey, how you doing? Like hosting, I suppose. Ho- yeah, hosting. yeah. Nice. You've given your bar. I've given several bars. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I I was not great at hospitality. I did a that little... That does surprise me. Mm. 
hmm. I mean, I wasn't Nicki Minaj. Like, I was fine. Well, I think for you, it's a mixture of attitude and dyspraxia. Yes. Yeah. Not a good combo. Drop for a shit job. all the time. Um, yeah. I did one day as a door-to-door salesman. Did you? <laughs> Willie Loman? <laughs> yeah, very that. Willie Loman. It was for an energy... It was for um, N-Power. Fuck it, I'm going to name them. Do it, shout uh, them out. I'll be listening. I didn't know what the job was. It was very vague. And then I had to go out into, quote, the field. <gasps> oh, the world. And explain to them that, like, something on their bill was wrong or, like, whatever, and they should switch to N-Power and, I don't know, I guess save money. Oh. Um, but I was being coached by a man who was, like, 6'4", very, very cheap, dark suit with one of them... Like white tie, like big chunky knot white ties. Oh, I know the one. Like he's dressed up as a gangster from Smithies. You know, with that look. Oh, that look. Like an yeah. inflatable Tommy he was, gun. He was very like, oh, you're going to be a millionaire, babe. You're going to. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is not for me, is it? Oh, Where are God. my people at? Were you accidentally on The Apprentice? I'm honestly, it was, I know RIP, but it was like Stuart Bags. Like, oh, Stuart Bags the brand. It's like you were working in Empower, like you were working in gas and electricity, but somehow he thought it was a state agent. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually, it was very that. Very it seems very energy. odd that someone working in the power industry. Strong energy. And they called it a business. It was like a pyramid. It was like Arbonne. It was like, <sighs> you, can, you can make, you know, like make your own money and commission. And uh, and then one time I knocked, the, the only day, I knocked on an old lady's door and her daughter answered and screamed at us <gasps> and thought, you know what? I'm gonna go back to that gay bar and collect them glasses. Yeah. <laughs> not for me. This is not the one. I had a job working on soup counters. It's, it oh, led yeah. to my worst ever interaction, which is I was working mm. on a, a farmer's market soup uh, stall and we used to make homemade pesto and we'd just have a little pot of pesto that we'd put out with little bits of bread that the people could come and just like scoop it up pre-coronavirus. Mm. So if you listen to this in the future, that, that's what used to happen. That's probably what led to where we are now. <laughs> And pesto. this kid like was coming in and just like little fucking dangly blonde curls and he would come in and like <clears throat> just to grab everything and he was sticking his hands in the pesto oh, and I was raggy. like, can you stop doing that please? And he would just like smear it on the on the table just to piss me off and he's going on and on and I basically went over, not went over, but like his mum came over and, was, and I went, um, would you mind asking your son not to do that anymore? And she went, oh, we don't give Horatio boundaries because we feel like it stifles his creativity. <laughs> Oh, get the fuck out of my pesto shop. Yeah. Horatio now has a raging coke addict and, <laughs> and several uh, homes. Let's be clear, Horatio is dead. Horatio <laughs> underground. No, you know what's really, what's really fucking unfortunate? Horatio is probably doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's he in is the probably cabinet. absolutely fucking fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like next time I'm in the States, when we're allowed to go out other places, I'm, I'm going to Red Lobster. There's one in Times Square. Oh, like, of course I, there I can visualise it. In my head, I get like I get like Bubba Gump shrimp, you know, that place. Yeah. That's yeah, oh, so I think that's like a sort of more, that's a basics version. Oh, I'm going to get Bubba Gump. And All Times I know Square. is that the article I read about Nikki working in Red Lobster, it was like she was the first one on the Red Lobster bandwagon pre-Beyonce. Mm. So I've got a feeling Beyonce has something to do with it. But I thought Nick, Beyonce's thing was Nando's. Is it the Nando's of America, though? Is it now cool? Yeah, probably. Probably that's what it is, isn't it? Has Beyonce got an, honor- an honorary black card for Nando's? Is that right? That's what I got told. Oh, the black card. Apparently, Beyonce's got one. Didn't um, JLS try to get one and they weren't given one? There isn't well, one. That's the, that's the other two. Hmm? No, there is one. No, there, no, actually there is. is no such thing, I heard. No, there is no, one. No, I heard... Right, hang on. Because it's only ever rumour when you find out someone's got one. 
No, I heard someone talk about it because it got taken away. Oh, I know who it was. Chris Ramsey, you know, the comedian who was on Street. Yes. Yes. Got a really good podcast with his wife. Um, Sorry about that. (laughs) It's good, though. Um, I see. We'll cut that bit out. I fucking love it. But he got one. You can go and guest on it if you want. (laughs) (laughs) He got one when he was on, like, Live at the Apollo or whatever, and then got it taken away. And then he got... Because they stopped doing them. And then he went on Strictly, so thought, I'm famous again now, I can do it. And they um, said, no. (gasps) We don't do them anymore. Because his wife, Rosie... Great, great podcast to co-host. <laughs> yeah, keep, <laughs> keep going with that line. <laughs> You're on um, Skype. We can just disconnect you. <laughs> she talked about how she used to take his black card and then go and because there's like a certain amount you could order. So she used to go in and then run it out to the car to her mum and then go back in and order more. <laughs> yes, Rosie. <laughs> oh, Rosie, love her. <laughs> that does defeat the purpose of having a black card, though, doesn't it? If they give you a limit. I think you're thinking of the Pizza Express card. There's a room that there's a pizza. Nobody wants the Pizza Express card. Uh, um, it, your think... husband and I want the Pizza Express black card. You are the reason Pizza Express card doesn't exist. Oh my God. You're the reason Pizza Express no longer exists. Oh, I'm really, really worried, guys. What if Pizza Express doesn't make it through the Panny D? I don't think it's gonna. I think you're gonna have to resign yourself to that. Look, I stuck with them when but they... But Nando's will as well, which really pisses me off. Oh, fucking Nando. Like when Pizza Express shrunk their plates and I was still there... I've been there. You have. For years. Anyway. Anywho. So, um... <laughs> so it's Nick- estimated that Nikki got fired from 15 roles, as you said. <laughs> um, she worked as a customer services rep and, uh, as I mentioned earlier, an office manager on Wall Street. Um, got a little settlement from an accident. Bought a BMW. The Beamer she would later sell her demos out the back of. There you go. Yeah. Multitasking. Uh, so Nikki launched her career on MySpace and changed her name to Nikki Minaj in 2004 because Fendi flipped it when he met me because I had such a nasty flow. I don't understand that quote. Do explain it, Rich. <laughs> I mean, I understand the quote. I don't understand what he's saying, but I don't understand what the connection to the name is. It's um, it's the review I got playing uh, Lost Little Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> she has such a nasty flow. Such a nasty yeah, flow. Nasty flow. <laughs> I can only assume it means because she's. I mean, there's actually there's a diss track of uh, against Nikki by, or maybe like Foxy or someone mm-hmm. who talks about her name because they basically say like you only sell records because your name is Minaj and it's sexy and you sell sex. Maybe it was like that. Like oh oh, is it from Marage to Minaj? She went to Minaj to what? Ooh. Oh, I had never made that connection. There you mm. go. I like that you included. It also sounds a bit like a word for a fanny. Minge. Minge. Yeah, but that's Minage. a very. Right, <laughs> <laughs> bag, bag of chips is in. <laughs> Minge, Nicky Minge. Uh, I like that you included a MySpace reference in your research, Rich. Despite the fact that you are far too young to remember it, because uh, I was on MySpace. My username was Orange Roulard. I'm too young for brand. for you. How do you not have You're MySpace? Not too young for MySpace. I've got MySpace. What the fuck? I have MySpace. Tom Hardy had MySpace. What, what was going on with MySpace? I didn't have it. Maybe it was your posh school. That, <laughs> that would have been what it was. Did you have Bebo? No. God, your posh. Sorry. What? What? what tell me about your MySpace experience. Oh, MySpace. Was, I had to get it taken down a few years ago because I was so mortified by it. Mm-mm. Now I'm less. Like um, you're like the Tom Hardy of. I was the Tom Hardy of Wimborne Dorset. Um, my MySpace. So, because remember, you used to rank your mates. It was like top nine. Or That's what? right. Yeah. What? And you like they were in order one to nine, your top friends, and you 
occasionally you'd swap them around and be like, why am I number three when he was number two? Blah, blah, blah. So we used to play that game a lot. And then I used to have, you could have a song that would always play oh. and you have a name. And my name was Orange Roulard. Because... <laughs> and I'm the posh bitch. <laughs> <laughs> because I used to wear a lot of... Roulard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Roulard. That was odd, isn't it? But it's it I does sound like a drag of... queen. <laughs> Orange Roulard. I was quite obsessed with Lola Lasagna at the time. So it's sure, sure take on that but i used to wear a lot of well, i still wear a lot of makeup but i used to wear a lot of orange makeup sure you were um, coco Montrese. i was very much the coco <laughs> more coco yeah. less donald <laughs> i was a lot of things to wimborne at that time. <laughs> oh my God. turns out you were really putting in the hours weren't you <laughs> <laughs> do they give but, you the keys to the city <laughs> why they ran me out of town <laughs> <laughs> we know where to find him well do we it's gonna be everything for everyone apparently <laughs> MySpace is apparently the best way to contact him. <laughs> so you had to have it like lobby to get it taken down. Yeah, because do, you don't remember your login, do you? So I had to write to MySpace, write to them, email. Dear MySpace, dear Tom at MySpace. <laughs> I think it's run by Justin Timberlake, actually. Oh um, yeah, your man bought uh, it, didn't he? Uh, I will have nothing to do with Justin Timberlake. Hence why I got it taken down. Jesus <laughs> Christ, <laughs> that took a turn. Since since what he did to Britney and then Janet, no, no, and then Prince, yes, yeah, and then released that god awful album, Man in the Woods. <gasps> the wood stood in the woods. Never forget um, the Woodman record. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's so much cooler than a double denim episode, but he's, actually, he's that like there. camo thing that he was wearing at the Woodsman, it's still there, and he oh. knows it. That's why he's needed to get rid of it. Isn't his wife an anti-vaxxer as well? Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Yeah, I see that for him. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that for him. That was written in the stars, wasn't it? So, Nikki was briefly in a group called the Hood Stars, and in 2004, the group recorded the entrance song for WWE diva Victoria. Don't Ooh. Mess With was the name of the track, uh, which was featured on the compilation album Theme Addict, WWE The Music, Volume 6. So, do we know what a WWE diva is? I don't. I do. You do? Oh, I absolutely do. I was obsessed with WWF when I was a kid. Okay, fill um, us in. So, what? well, it's, it's problematic now. We don't use it. Mm-hmm. But in the back in the day, they used to call female wrestlers the divas. And oh. they used to have really bad matches for them. So, like, the boys would have wrestling matches and the girls would have, like, genuinely would have, like, um, bra and panties matches <gasps> or pillow fight matches. And they were basically, like, pin-up. They're basically the American pin-up girls. But I mean, they were actually really athletic and like, um, you know, when they were at uni and stuff, they were wrestling teams and they were really sure. good. Oh my God. But then they went professional and then they became like sexy women with no skill. Oh my God. Okay. So it's a bit like, so I suppose the narratives that women were in before in WWE were more like, oh, you're the villain, you're the, you're the slut or whatever, like they gave them types, but then that extended yeah, like- it was like turn of the century attitude era and they were the divas and they had like, they used to call the boobs puppies and mm. they'd have like puppy matches and they're all about, all the girls were sort of attached to a man or a group of men. So it was always like three men who were like a group and then a girl, uh-huh. um, usually literally a girl. They were usually really young and then they grew up and then they got kicked out at like, the boys could wrestle till they were like 40 odd and then the girls would get kicked out at like 25. Um <laughs> But there were some really iconic divas in there. Like, I mean, China, obviously great. Buck oh, yeah, Trump. famous. Yeah. Trish Stratus, great. Babe, were you the 
wrestling diva of Wimborne as well? How do you know I all this prefer, about wrestling? I China wrestling is super camp. <laughs> wrestling is really, really camp. Like, it yeah, is, well, I them. can totally understand why a lot of people get into wrestling. I can still, I don't watch it now. Like, I don't watch new stuff now, but I can, if I'm feeling bored, I can watch like. 2000 2001 wrestling matches quite happy on youtube it's like drama and all the boys are in little pants so it's a very sexual oh, mind i'm like 12 at this point yeah very, very much my vibe and um but like safe space like i could watch wrestling on the main telly downstairs not like oh i see so you're selling this narrative you're like oh i just really like wrestling yeah um, i mean i feel like kim bell was aware i mean um, we've we've we, we know <laughs> we know kim bell's a i think <laughs> Very much a gay icon. I think <laughs> she had the picture. <laughs> no illusion, but still. I live. I live for Kimbell. So between 2007 and 2009, Nikki dropped three mixtapes to huge critical acclaim. Uh, Playtime is over in 2007. Sucker Free in 2008. And Beam Me Up Scotty in 2009, which got the attention of Lil Wayne, who then signed Nikki to his label, Young money, and that is where we shall leave it for this week. Ooh. Oh, hang on, cusp of stardom. Um, so yeah, so should we do plugs and hugs for this? Yeah, week? anything to plug, Rich, for Netflix. <laughs> they need the publicity on our on yeah, because no one sat at home watching television. Well, that's this really small company, they make like videos, uh huh, and sometimes whatever. So, like, if you could go on, um, it's NET. F-L-I-X.com. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's, it's, I think it's... Is that GeoCities? It's very... It's like MySpace. <laughs> of, uh, 2020, yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so my, myspace.netflix.com. That's it, yeah, that's the one. Great. And what content would, would we find there? Um, you know, all the greats. Um, the entire box set of Dinner Ladies is there. <gasps> um, Superb. You can watch Bring It On, but not the first one, the sequel with Solange. <gasps> no you actually can that's not even a joke you can so. what um, Solange is in the sequel of Bring, Bring It On yes she's the lead oh no. you should watch everything <gasps> yeah remember when Solange didn't really know what like was she going to be the cool music sister or was she going to be like the rival very like Jessica Simpson Ashley Simpson yeah that it was that <sighs> era and it was great Tamar Tony. Tamar Tony, yeah. Again. Also, Tamar every day. But... <laughs> I, I just, again, I'm sorry. I always hark on about it, but I smell Tina Knowles' work in this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> is ready to go with Bring It On with people. <laughs> do you know what? Let's just hedge our bets. I think you should do Bring It On too. <laughs> I know losing you is an absolute banger, Solange, but mm, also I just lost the Oscar, so let's... Uh... <laughs> Maybe the other one's good at it. I don't know. Let's give her a go. <laughs> yes, Tina. Incredible. Uh, great. Okay, so now we know where to go to for content that is it, it's endorsed by, by geocities.netflix.com. Netflix. Netflix. So we hope that you enjoyed uh, this episode of Big Diva Energy. If you did and you want to reach out and have a chat, share your BDE stories with us, maybe even your own Nikki rated stories. Or just tell us which diva means the most to you. You could tweet us at Diva Energy. Find us on Instagram at Big Diva Energy. Or email us at BigDivaEnergyPod at gmail.com. This podcast is a Dark Mutters production. If you lived your best life, please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasting needs. If, in the immortal words of Nicki Minaj, you're a dick bicycle, get, get in, in the, the sea! sea. Bye. Okay, bye! <laughs>